know, the definition of a, med, of a veteran when it comes to these men and women who have stood before you today is a person who served in the military. The passage of scripture we're going to read today was written by a man uh, who was a veteran in the army of the Lord. Open your Bibles with the book of 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 4 uh, this, this morning, 2 Timothy chapter 2. The Apostle Paul had fought in many battles. These battles had been fought for the Lord Jesus Christ. He no doubt bore the scars and from these fights. He had been beaten, he had been whipped and stoned throughout his years of service. You see, another definition of veteran is a person who has had long experience in a particular field. Some people have referred to me as being a veteran missionary. The Apostle Paul preached for over 30 years before he was martyred by the hands of Nero, the Roman emperor at the time. He was a veteran in the army of the Lord. He was nearing the end of his life, and he wanted to pass some advice down to young Timothy as he wrote this letter. Uh, a young soldier preparing for battle. Some of you are young soldiers in the army of the Lord. Uh, can get some great advice from some of these old veterans of the army of the Lord here today. Men and women who have served the Lord Jesus Christ for many years. Some probably can tell you. Uh, about some hard times that they experienced in their service to the Lord. But I bet every one of them would say, I wouldn't take anything from my Christian experiences now. Stand with me, if you would, for the reading of the text in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let us pray. You have it, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for our veterans today and the sacrifices that they have made and continue to make, dear Lord, for our nation. Thank you, Lord, for the freedoms that we enjoy in this the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. But, dear Lord, we thank you even more for the veterans in the army of the Lord that if some have sacrificed their life to share the gospel message to get to us so that we might have eternal life. Dear Lord, I pray that you would encourage each and every one of us to be on board with this and to, uh, to be used of you to spread the gospel to the next generation and the generations to come as we live our life for you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. There's a few things we find in this text that I want to point out of how that we can 
be the, 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 the soldier that God is calling us to be. We find in verse number one of our text, it says, Thou therefore, my son, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The first thing I want us to see is that, that uh, Paul tells Timothy here that we must be strong. Now he's not talking in physical strength. That no doubt is a requirement in the U.S. military, but it's not a requirement in the army of the Lord. To be honest, I've, I've heard some horror stories of, of, of boot camp, basic training. Uh, it's, it's, it's meant to, to strengthen those both physically and mentally. Uh, but it's not a requirement to be strong in academic strength. To move up in the ranks of military, you must be educated. Uh, there are requirements that must be met to get a promotion. But that is not, but there, that is not a requirement to serve in the army of the Lord. My son was telling me this morning how he just missed a particular milestone in one of his deployments, in one of his, 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 uh, his services that he's been in since he's been in the military. Uh, there are certain things you have to meet, certain requirements that you must meet, and, 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 and they hold you to that. But it's not that way in the army of the Lord. Paul tells Timothy here to be strong in what? In the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Grace is that unmerited favor of God. Uh, we sing the old sing, song, uh, Amazing Grace. Uh, we, there's a new song that we, the newer generation are singing. It's Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone by Chris Tomlin. God's grace is his unmerited favor. It is, is, is with us throughout uh, all every stage of our life, throughout every battle, that we face throughout every trial that comes along through every temptation that crosses our path. God's grace is there for the asking. This week I read a post of a friend of mine uh, on Facebook, Janice White, who's the wife of Danny White, the missionary who's working in Vanuatu in the South Pacific. Her mother, her mother has terminal brain cancer. Janice and her sister are taking care of her in these final days. She's relying on the grace of God to get her through this. That's what Paul's saying, to be strong in the grace of the Lord. Just like every soldier needs the backing and the support of the United States government, we as Christian soldiers fighting in the army of the Lord have the backing of God who created the universe. We have his grace. Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. God's grace comes from no other source. It doesn't come from positive thinking. It doesn't come from Hare Krishna. It doesn't come from Buddha or Allah. Timothy tells, Paul tells, tells Timothy it's in Jesus Christ. That's where his grace is found. So many in this world search for strength within themselves and they'll never find it. You can only find strength in Jesus Christ. That's the only place you'll find strength in the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. You can get support from your friends. You can get support from, uh, from, from, from those who love you around you. But your strength is in Jesus Christ. That's where you find your strength. Paul says it's, uh, not only to be strong. But secondly, he says in verse number two, to commit. Take a look at verse number two as we read. It says, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to 
teach others also. Uh, and and in, th in this verse, we find that commit can mean several things, but the way that, that Paul uses it here, it means to give something to another it, it, for care, for protection, for, or performance. Uh, to give as a trust to someone. Uh, besides these definitions, can I give you my definition of commit? Uh, just pass it on. Just pass it on. Those things that you've heard, those things that you've learned, those things that you've experienced, pass it on. Uh, since 1775, the U.S. Army has been training and teaching uh, each wave of new soldiers. And for 2,000 years, the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ has been passed down uh, uh, from, from generation to generation down to us uh, to, to pass and commit to faithful men who, who will commit it to other people, to pass it on. The message of Jesus Christ for 2,000 years has made it to us. And we, as children of God in this generation, in 2017, in the 21st century, must commit it to others as we go through this life. When you read through the book of First and Second Timothy, you'll see all the advice, the information, the teaching, and most importantly, love that Paul has given to Timothy. He's trying to teach and prepare him. He thought of Timothy like a son. I believe he was preparing Timothy to take over the work that he had been involved in in his lifetime. Uh, he was his, his, uh, his, 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 uh, the one he was mentoring. Uh, I, for many years of living in Romania, I had a young man who was by my side, Ovidiu. I, when, when people would come and I would introduce him, I, I, people from the States would come, and I would tell them, this is my Timothy. This is my Timothy. I was preparing him, teaching him, and training him for the work that was going to do after I was gone. And now he's fulfilling that task, and he's doing that work uh, that God has called him to. That's what Paul was doing with Timothy. He probably longed for the day when he could sit down with Timothy on the streets of gold and just talk. Who knows, they may be up there right now talking to one another. You don't know. But here, in the short time that Paul had left on this earth, he wanted to commit to Timothy things that he had learned, and he wanted the Timothy to pass it on. Listen, it's great for you to have a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge in the Word of God. It's great to know and understand many things about God, but it's not going to do anybody else any good if you hold it within yourself and you don't pass it on to someone else. Listen, there's been 2,000 years of communicating uh, the, the, the truth uh, from, from the, the time of Jesus till now. And we, as we carry the baton to the next generation, must be fervent. We must be committed uh, to, to, to teach to the next generation to continue until the Lord returns. Paul had just a short time to teach the things to Timothy that he wanted to pass on. I can remember a time in my young days as I began to uh, understand that there was a necessary, it was necessary for me to be saved. I could hear a lot of things about that in church and I asked my mother one time, what does it mean to be saved? And I can remember her explaining to me how to be saved, but I didn't understand it at that time, but she was passing it on. I can remember my dad preaching the gospel uh, and me being his son out in the, out in the uh, congregation, hearing the gospel message preached. He was passing it on. 
I remember conversations with, a, with an old brother in our work, Brother Albert Garner, wrote a whole set of commentaries. I found a few of them back in the library a couple few days ago. You have a few of them here. Wrote an entire commentation on, uh, on the Word of God. Albert Garner, he always called me Stevie. Uh, I don't know, you know, he knew me when I was just a child, and when we re reunited, he called me Stevie. Um, uh, some, sometime while visiting with him, shortly before he died, I was, he was, he was hospice had been called in, and I went and visited him. And, and while I was there visiting him, he, he pointed across the room, and he says, I need my pocketbook. And I didn't know what he was talking about, but in that, for that generation, that he meant his wallet. He's looking for his wallet, and, and someone got his wallet out of his dresser drawer, and he reached into to the wallet, and, uh, and he pulled out of a, a check out of his wallet, and he gave it to the preacher there, and he says, I, I haven't been able to get to church here lately, and I wanted to get my tithe and give it to the church. He was ready to pass on in, his, in this life, but he was still willing to pass on in the work of the Lord. To be an example, he was passing it on. There have been other great heroes of the faith. I can look across the sanctuary today and see so many here. The room is full of veterans, great soldiers of the cross, great men and women of God who have passed on their knowledge of the scriptures, great saints of God, soldiers of the army of the Lord who have shared their testimonies and all uh, the great things that God has done in their life. They have passed on his grace to so many people. Great soldiers who have already gone on, who have made such an impact in my own life. This church will remember Sister Jones's husband. How he was just a, uh, just a very important person in this congregation. And he's still being missed to this day. Uh, warriors, veterans in the army of the Lord. They weren't necessarily strong or educated, but they passed on God's grace to me and to others. That's what a good soldier of the cross does. You know, I'm not that old. Back 200 years ago, though, a 54-year-old guy was considered fairly old. But in this day, he's just a middle-aged guy. I, I could have a lot of years left, but only God knows. But I want to tell you something. The things that I have learned these last 54 years... I want to pass them on. I'm certainly not the strongest. I'm not the smartest. But I want to do my best to commit to others what others have committed to me. I want to pass it on. We are to, we are, uh, to first be strong in the Lord. Secondly, we are to commit the things that we have learned to others. Thirdly, I want us to see that we need to endure. In verse number 3 of our text, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Listen, nobody said it would be easy. Military life can be hard. Boot camp and basic training is no picnic. Uh, being away from family is hard. Being away from friends is difficult. Uh, but I bet if I ask some of these veterans sitting here today, what is the hardest thing they've ever had to do? They said serving in the military. Some United States veterans spent days without food and water. Some were captured and tortured. Some faced hand-to-hand -hand combat. But through it all, they endured. They overcame. They won. They were victorious. 
we as soldiers of the cross may be called upon to endure hardships. Just as many have in the past, all the disciples in the first century uh, died uh, from, from being martyred. Only John was, died of a natural, natural causes. He still faced persecution, was exiled on the island of Patmos. Missionaries even today face great hardships on the mission field. Some that you won't read about in their prayer letters. Joe, Joe Scriven was a missionary from Ireland going to Canada. Working among the Iroquois Indians, he was joined by his fiancée who was also from Ireland. Just before the wedding, she was killed in an ice accident. Joe buried her with his, whole, his own hands and a broken heart. A year later, in a letter he wrote to his mother, he reflected, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptation? Is there trouble anywhere? We should not be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Amen. We are to be strong in the Lord. We're to commit to others the truths about the Lord. We're to endure hardness as a good soldier. Amen. And then we must stay focused. Stay focused. And we look at the first part of verse number four. It says, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. You get what he's saying here? Stay focused. Stay focused. Keep your eyes straight ahead and don't let things distract you. I love what Paul tells the church at Philippi over in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. He says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many be, be as, uh, as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Verse 14 is very familiar with us in Scripture. Paul says that he himself presses towards the mark. Continues. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Regardless of what he suffered, he continued to press forward. And then, and, and then he, he keeps his eye on the goal. Uh, he doesn't let things get, going around him distract him. How many times could it, would it have been easy for him to have stopped? To quit. To throw in a towel and says, I'm not doing this anymore. How quickly would we have done that in his shoes? But he didn't let things going on around him to distract him. It's a great verse, but I wanted to look at the next two verses. It says, verse number 15 says, and he, he says, those that are mature need to be the same way. Those who are mature need to be the same way. What is the same way? To, to press towards the mark. Those who have been in the Lord a long, for a long time, we need to continue to press towards the mark. Amen. Uh, we never quit. We never give up. We never back up. We continue to press towards the mark. That's good advice. Verse number six, uh, 17. Uh, uh, verse number 16, he says that we will walk by the same rule as he does. 
There's good advice. I believe that 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 he has uh, um, got one of the best piece, pieces of advice for, for all of us today to press towards the mark. Just as a soldier in the army of the United States of America must be on guard against those things which distract him. Uh, from doing their job or duty, we as Christians must be on guard during the things that, that might come up uh, against the things that, that might come up against us in our job and our duty as uh, to our commander-in-chief. The enemy is the devil. He is a master at bringing up things in our life to get our eyes off the goal. It is amazing to me how Satan works to distract us He'll put a thought in our mind that will make us angry and we start focusing on that anger and we forget about what our mission is. We get distracted. We allow our, our, our own personal feelings to get hurt so that we can be thinking about that rather than the mission that he has left us here to do. Our, uh, he, is, he is great in, in getting our minds off of the goal. In chapter 4 of our text, Paul is all alone in prison. And he's writing this letter to Timothy. He's getting ready to face the executioner's block. His time of greatest need, he, he has only Luke there with him. And verse number 10 is one of the saddest verses in, in, first, in 2 Timothy chapter 4. One of the saddest verses in the Bible. He's hungry. He's cold. He's preparing for death. And this is what he says. For Demas hath forsaken me. Having loved this present world. And is departed unto Thessalonica. People that, that wouldn't stand with him. That left him. Left him alone. Paul says don't let things of the world entangle you. Stay focused. Don't be like Demas. Don't allow the world to distract you. Paul tells us, lastly, the goal. To not be distracted, to stay focused. And lastly, the goal, as we look at the last part of verse number uh, four of our text. He says, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. There are several here today that have raised their, their right hand and sworn this oath. I state your name. You solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of our, the officers appointed over me according to the regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God. There is only one supreme commander over all branches of the United States military. It is the President of the United States. Every single soldier, from the highest ranking enlisted man to the highest ranking officer, has sworn an oath to obey his orders. At times that must be hard, but it's part of being in the military in the United States of America. We as believers in Christ have our marching orders. Matthew wrote it like this. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Paul tells Timothy here to do all the things that I have spoken about today. First of all, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Commit the gospel to others as it has been committed to you. Endure hardness. Endure hardness and stay focused. Why? That we may please him who hath chosen us to be a soldier. So that we may please the one who has called us. Who called us? The supreme creator of the universe. God is the commander in chief. In conclusion this morning, you've been called into the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. It tells us in John 12, 32, that he is drawing all men to him. Now you have a choice to make. What will you do with that call? What will you do with that call? Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of men. As you sit here today, you have been called into the army of the Lord. It's your duty to obey the commander. Let me ask you, are you strong in the grace that is found in Christ? Are you committing the gospel to others? Are you enduring hardness? Or are you in retreat mode? Are you staying focused on what really important Finally, are you answering the call of the Lord Jesus Christ? Whose side are you on? During the U.S. Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was the commander-in-chief of the Union forces. It was a great burden knowing that his soldiers would put many lives in jeopardy. One morning, he met with a group of ministers at a prayer breakfast. The different ministers spoke about the different needs that they must pray for. And one of them said, Mr. President, let us pray that God is on our side. Lincoln's response showed far greater insight. He says, no, gentlemen, let's pray that we are on God's side. In 1951, an old veteran soldier, General Douglas MacArthur, gave a speech to a joint session of Congress. He closed the speech by saying, old soldiers never die, they just fade away. I thought about that old battle-hardened soldier of the cross, the Apostle Paul. There, was not, there, there in that Roman cell, he did die, but 2,000 years his words have not faded away. They are just as powerful today as they were as they were when he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there was laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Think about how you are serving in the Lord's army today. How is your relationship with the commander-in-chief? Are you being strong in, in the Lord, in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Are you willing to endure hardness and to commit those things that you have learned to others? There's opportunities all around in, this, in our congregation, in our church, for ministry to help commit to others the truths that you learned. There's open, openings. We, we need help. What about you? Are you willing to make that commitment to commit to others? We must be a part of the army of the Lord Jesus Christ as he has given us a job to do 2,000 years ago. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that's the first step. That's where you get started to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I hope if you're here today will make that decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and to move forward with your life in the, in the uh, army of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for our veterans once again, for those who have made the sacrifices that they have and for our country. Dear Lord, as we think about our own congregation here today, about today, what are we going to do next? Help us, dear Lord, to be committed in the fight against evil. Help us to be committed in sharing the truth about God. There's a lot that's being spread around today that is not true. Help us to be used of you as we commit our life to serving you, dear Lord. Help us, dear Lord, to face the, the hardness, the problems, the struggles, the strife, and come through it, dear Lord, and endure. Help us to never retreat. Dear Lord, just pray that you just bless the services this morning as the invitation is given. If there's souls that need to be saved, I pray that they'll make the move to, to come forward this morning. Others that need to rededicate their life or just commit their life to you more strongly, dear Lord, I pray that they'll make a move as the invitation is sung. Thank you for all you do for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.